Hello, Esther Deborah here, and this is Agape Love, Love is Here. This is one of the many video sections of the ministry of Pastor Deborah, helping people the Lord's way. Please enjoy the video, and we look forward to you coming again. Pastor Deborah hopes you enjoy hearing about how she has learned how to help people the Lord's way, and have her many wonderful spiritual experiences throughout many, many years of helping people. Welcome again to a video of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministries. This is Pastor Deb. Love always and forever. Hello, Pastor Deborah here again. And this is another global teleministry video. A spiritual teaching. Just ignore that noise. That's my computer trying to tell me to do something, but I don't usually listen to it, so don't you. I want to welcome everybody who's here. I'm sitting at my door looking out the beautiful Perdido Bay. It's sunny. I'm not even having to use my ring light. And it's probably about 10, looks like 10, 12. I'm going to record for a while and then get it up. And I wanted to let you know, welcome again. We have so much to talk about and learn as we are growing and developing into better people with a better heart that can help other people also. I want to once again welcome all who are here in the spirit, sitting outside in the trees, sort of speaking, in the garden with us, just hanging out, or maybe they're in their dreams, and they're listening, and they hear my voice, or maybe they've left their body, and they are visiting with me in the garden. For that is where we are today. I'm continuing to teach to you some important words that not a lot of pastors and preachers work through. This scripture, Isaiah 61 and 62, out of the Old Testament, out of the Holy Bible, were paramount in my transformation from helping people the Lord's way from being a mental health counselor and not knowing how to help people from a spiritual way. I had to study and learn, just like you're doing. I didn't have many teachers that taught on Isaiah 61. I just had to read it over and over look up every single word in a dictionary or the Hebrew concordance. And then I'd have to ask my teacher, my Holy Spirit from the kingdom of heaven, to tell me what it meant. He taught me how to follow the scripture references. And in some books and Bibles, they are different. Some have more, some have less. But I followed them out. I would write the words out. That's my firewall talking to me. Wanting me to do something, but I'm not. 
I'd follow the scripture references out backwards, forwards, wherever they led me. I get so many from one, but what it did for me was it opened up and I got the answer to the question I had been asking. Sometimes with this deep spiritual stuff, it takes lots of scriptures, a lot of questions, watching a lot of movies for the understanding to come, the realization to happen, and then for me to have the wisdom how to apply it today in the world, in the nations that are on the earth, in the lives of people, in the government systems. took me a while, many, many years, being at home by myself, studying, reading, taking notes. I usually will watch a preacher or a teacher on a video on YouTube, and I will write down every single word that he is saying. Then, as I'm writing, the Holy Spirit, that's my job of wanting me to do an update. Ignore it. Then, as I am writing, the Holy Spirit reminds me of movies I've seen to help me see a visual and an understanding of it. I'm a very visual learner. We all are pretty much, we love to see movies and stories, pictures and picture books, paintings and sculptures. It helps us when we can physically or spiritually use our eyes, hear with our ears, and then apply. That's how we learn. And in a lot of the teachings, I will uh, have a lot of movies that I've watched to let you know, go watch them. And you'll learn. But right now, let's just get started. You know me, I like to open up every teaching with the Word of God. You don't have to stand up. A lot of people make you stand up in respect. If you read in the New Testament, in the four Gospels, when this young man, Jesus Christ, was teaching, whether he was on the streets in Jerusalem, He was sitting down with his followers. He was out in the fields where thousands of people, they just sat. And he sat with them. He was up a little bit so his voice could propel. Remember, they didn't have microphones. If he was teaching from a table, he was sitting. He didn't ask anybody to stand up. In reverence. Not sure where that came from, but I'm sure it's came from somewhere. We would probably call that, uh, I don't know, maybe religion. But I just have to look at how Christ talked to us from the Bible. Now, when he comes to you in your dream, Are you physically standing up? No. You're sleeping. You're laying down. Is your spirit standing up? Sometimes it is. 
Sometimes it's crouched in a fetal position, afraid, laying on the floor, and that's all it can do. So I don't usually ask people to stand up for reading of the Word. Just listen. Just be attentive with your heart and your mind and your spirit. And just listen. Proverbs 25, 2. It is the glory of God to spiritually conceal, hide a thing, But it's the honor of kings. That's us, humanity. Even if you don't know that that's what you are, a king. You are. You just got to rediscover it. After you get this new birth and you get born again. Because even though you might be a king, you might not be a righteous king right now. And I, I just watched a movie about that called the Black Panther. Did you know there was two Black Panthers? There was the, we'll call him righteous, Black Panther, who by his birthright was to become the king and the Black Panther. But he could be challenged, and he was by a nephew who had been born up in America, had a heart of hate and revenge, because he got abandoned. His father was killed. Nobody loved him. But they both drank the same purple hallucinogenic flower juice. Both got buried in crystals. Both contacted their ancestors, who were also Black Panthers. Because both this nephew and this first Black Panther... They were of the same family. But their hearts were different. Their childhood lives were different. So you can be a king and have a horrible childhood. And be filled with hate. And be filled with jealousy and envy. So that's just a little tidbit there from the latest. I think it was in the tribute to Chadwick Bozeman, I think his name, who played the Black Panther. They were both family. They had different fathers. One seemed to have a good heart. And one seemed to have a evil, wicked, revengeful heart. So in one state, you could be very revengeful and evil and wicked, full of hate and murder. Or you could be of a if you have a sort of new birth and you pass all your tests properly, you could have a righteous heart. So you are a king. And your job is to search out a matter, look for it, understand it, read about it, study it. Become familiar with it, learn it. Then you must learn how to apply what you've learned. That is called wisdom. Jeremiah 17.10 I, the Lord, search. I try, I look at the heart. 
the reins, the thoughts, the ideas, the concepts. Hope you don't mind, I'm reading, so I've written it out so we can get the depthness and the deepness of it. And the concepts of your beliefs, the willingness or unwillingness, the reason for doing something, doing what you're doing. I try and test them, to prove them, to reveal them, to see what guides you, what directs you. What are your deep reasons, motivations? What are your desires? And what goals do you have? How are you led? What turns your reins in your actions and your deeds? Are you led by pain, fear, and hate? Do you do things for revenge or hate? Or out of righteousness. What's guiding you? What's pulling on you? What thoughts and feelings are guiding you? I'm looking, the Lord says, to see what is sitting on your spirit and soul as a writer. A guide pulling your reins and your actions and deeds. Why do I do this, the Lord says. He's done this from the very beginning with everything to give every human heart according to the fruit and even to other hearts that are not human to the fruit to the end result of these this guidance the concepts where are they taking you I let them continue without interference where is it going to end up the beliefs and the lust that you have, where are they taking you? What road are you on? I'm looking. I have to look way down the road, he says, and see where you'll end up with these thoughts, these beliefs, these ideas. I'm looking to see where your heart's wanting to go. What's guiding it? What will be the fruit of these thoughts? What will be the actions and the deeds that will come about? What will be produced because of these thoughts, these reins, this guidance that's guiding you? What will be the end of your doing? What will be the fruit that I will see? So he's looking way down the road to see, based on your deep thoughts, what it's going to end up to be. Now, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your words of truth and light. Open our spiritual hearts and minds. Let us hear your words. Help us to understand the spiritual teaching. Help us to see these words in ways we've never seen them before. Reveal to us, pull back the veil of these deep, spiritual meanings help us to grow and learn in your word be fed and nourished by your words of spirit and truth in the name of Christ Jesus Amen 
Now we're going to Isaiah 61, verse 8. We've been working through this verse. This is part four of it. And there's going to be at least two more parts for sure. I didn't realize how much was in this when I started. But to help you understand the reason for the Spirit of the Lord to come and be anointed, you had to understand what it was going to do, why it was needed, and understand the heart and the mind that sent it, and what the goals, the end results were going to be. What was guiding this God? of Isaiah 61 what was guiding that spirit of truth into our lives so that we learn about him to learn about us and what needs to happen what he desires to happen and what is going on on planet earth which is in a big mess so he says in verse 8 we're at the part It started off that I, the Lord, love judgment, comma, I hate robbery for burnt offerings. In part three, we started talking about what this robbery was and how, who stole it, what was stolen, and we got a better picture. I will put that up there for you and in the discussion part to go back and watch part three no I'm sorry part four we're in part five I think let me say no excuse me this is part four and it's talking about that many people believe that this portion of this scripture is God feelings and thoughts towards injustice and it is and what was the injustice robbery towards himself he was robbed by illegal acts done by a former servant called Lucifer the son of the morning the son of the first age In his deep thoughts, he didn't think very well towards God. And what happened was bad things happened because an evil sickness had started to grow in him. A greed and a lust for the gold and the riches of the throne of this creator God, this God Almighty. And when there was this greed, this envy and jealousy, this desire, this lust for the throne, for his position, bad things were going to happen. A disease, an illness of the heart set in. And the end results of those thoughts, we see them on planet Earth. This cherubim, named Lucifer who became and was transformed because of this thoughts became Satan 
the very adversary of God himself and everything this God was all love and joy and peace because his heart was greedy to become this God so what happened was in this first age the very beginning that in the kingdom of heaven this angel this cherubim and his servants that were under him they had some desires and here's what they were one they were going to steal the throne of glory that's what a robber does he steals things takes things that do not belong to him that he has no right for and he doesn't ask two they were going to steal and rob the glory of another the high king of the kingdom of heaven their own creator they weren't thinking right that's for sure three these robbers that this God tells us he hates them and he hates the robbery the stealing the deeds that they do and they did they were going to steal the king's authority dominion and power to rule and reign all of creation now if that wasn't a greedy heart God did all the work did all the creation set everything up and they were just going to come in and take it sounds like a lot of things we say because they wanted it they, they lusted after it they didn't work for it they didn't create it but they wanted it number four they wanted to steal and rob the king of heaven his family who was that these creatures called man who were to be the image and the likeness of their father and mother God himself Satan wanted to steal those children Satan didn't want to bow to them he was not going to worship nor serve them he thought they were just nothing they weren't like him high cherubim full of fire and glory no they were stuck inside something called earth and dirt he wasn't going to bow to them so he was going to steal them kidnap them that was your first trafficker right there your kidnapper so this guy named Lucifer who in his deep thoughts that God could look at was becoming transforming into the adversary of God himself and he was going to steal his children he was going to steal their inheritance of the kingdom of God from them of the heavenly eternal kingdom and its great power and rulership and authority and dominion on earth oh yeah they were prophesied to rule on earth 
But Satan was going to steal them, transform them, or force them through trauma and abuse to serve him, to take this prophetic, eternal inheritance of rulership on earth to serve him. Boy, these were some bad hearts, some robbers, thieves. So, he was going to steal the inheritance, this kingdom of God, and this ability that this king of heaven wanted to give them. Earth itself to rule and reign. Number five. These robbers, this Lucifer, who had become Satan, the adversary of God in his mind and thoughts. That's why God's always looking at what you're thinking about. He would then take this inheritance, this glory and riches, and these children. He would traffic in them. He would sell them as just commodities and products. He would use them as slave labor for his kingdom, forced to do his will. No free will, because he was going to steal that, encase it in the fear of death and sin. He was a robber of every area possible. He was going to make this spirit man, this child of this creator God, not the king but the, or the head of his system or on earth, but the tail, just a follower of the flesh and bone of the soul and its feelings and emotions and of its physical body. Number six, this robber, this thief, was going to steal, rob this God of all the spiritual praise and worship that was to be given to him for the legal right of creation for being the king and the lord of all of creation of all beings and the one who deserved all the praise and the worship and it was to be given freely in truth and knowledge of who he was the creator the source of all life and in truth and in love. So this Satan now was planning and plotting to steal all that praise and glory and take it to himself. He had already started doing that because his heart had got lifted up in pride and all he could see was the brightness of the glory around him. And his heart said, Oh, look. How beautiful I am. Look at my legacy. My fame. Look how great a speaker. Look at my beauty. Look what I've done. And he forgot. That his very life. 
was not his. The light was not his. He was only a vessel to be used, a spokesperson, a communication system, the instruments that this light and love was to shine out through. But the light was not his. The glory never belonged to him. So he deserved none of the praise and worship. So he was going to steal it, rob it from the rightful owner. So let's look back into our ancient days, to the first age when Lucifer had his beginnings. Lucifer, the son of the morning, he became, was transformed by his thoughts, his feelings, by looking at his brightness into an adversary of God. We're going to start and we're going to read and learn a lot about this robber. This one who was going to steal and who had become a thief. And this is the one and the process that this God hated. For he hated these thoughts and this robbery that was going to happen. Ezekiel 28, 1 through 19. I'm going to read these to you, so I'll be looking up and down. And we're going to go slow. Let's pray again. Father, as you open up your ancient words to us, help us to spiritually know the truth about your hate of robbery for burnt offerings and why you love your judgment against these thieves and their injustice against others and you. Protect us as the light of ancient truth shines out brightly to us so we can come to know to know the truth about these robbers and the robbery and the theft and the truth that we learn they will set us free of our ignorance of him of you and ourselves the darkness will be pushed back this ignorance of these ancient truths will be pushed back and these thefts these kidnappings these robbers and their perverse desires and lust will be known to us and it will help us to see them still here on planet earth working through humanity in nations and in nature we thank you for your help amen so let's begin Ezekiel 28 1 
through 19. Verse 1. The word of the Lord came unto me, Ezekiel. He was a prophet of the Lord in the Old Testament. And this word, this voice, could have been in a dream, could have been while he was meditating, could have been while he was quiet, could have been while he was in prayer, maybe just sitting by a river somewhere outside. Maybe it was while he was doing his daily job in his work. We don't know. But he heard it, the voice of God. And the voice said, verse 2, Son of man, say, speak, declare unto the spiritual prince of Tyrus. Now God is speaking to this prophet, and he's calling him the son of man. The son of man meant that spiritual being that you were created after from Genesis one twenty six, which we'll get to later. You speak to the spiritual being inside of that human, that prince of Tyrus. And this is what you tell that spiritual being. What happened to be Satan. Thus says the Lord God. Because your heart and your soul is lifted up in pride. It's all about me. What I want. Who I am. My legacy. I want to be a billionaire. What I did. How I changed the world. I, I, I. Because your heart is lifted up in that type of thinking, that arrogancy, that haughtiness and pride. And you have said in your own heart, you've thought, you've had your own thoughts and lust and desires in your soul and mind and said, I am God. A God is a self-sustaining non-created spiritual being there's only one of them not even Allah can claim that Allah you know he didn't come to about six four to six hundred years after some young man named Christ Jesus came this God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob this God of the beginning he'd been here all the time he'd been around a long time so but when you start saying you are God yourself who are not God now the son of man that's another teaching he is the son of God which makes him a God But he still isn't self-sustaining. He is sustained by the life of this eternal great I am God. But this Lucifer who became Satan wanted to be God. And with all the goodies that went with it. But that other teaching about son of man being a God, that's for another day. The God that had no beginning, had no parents, no source of life, and he upholds all things in all realms. 
by his word, by his thoughts, by his power, his own holy eternal spirit. And you, Satan, inside the prince of Tyrus, you are not that God. But you think in your heart, be careful, that's why we study how God's going to judge your thoughts of your heart and in your mind and your feelings. And you believe that you are all that, that you are a God when I created you. This is the robber now, the thief. And how he thinks. And why God says, I'm going to look at everybody's thoughts and feelings and emotions. Number two. You say in your heart to yourself, I sit enthroned. Don't have to stand for anyone or anything. All I can sit on that chair and everything has to stand or bow in front of me because I sit in the seat, the place, the throne, the high royal place of all glory. This is what this robber was thinking inside himself. I sit in that place of all authority and dominion, power and judgment. My word and my desires are law. He's thinking to himself. All exist to serve and worship me. Now those were his thoughts. And this Ezekiel is telling that spirit in there. Yeah. Thus says the Lord. I heard those thoughts. I've tried them. I've listened to them. I see what you're doing inside here. I hear how you're thinking and lusting. And you're planning to rob me. And if you think it in your heart already. According to my word. You've already done it you've already robbed me you've stolen from me you already have been transformed into a thief a kidnapper and you will traffic and sell for merchandise everything that is glorious and radiant you'll even sell my inheritance my children and their right to rule and reign Be careful what you think. Because somebody's always listening. So this Lucifer who had become this thief called Satan. The adversary of God says. I sit in the seat of God in his throne of all glory and dominion. That's me. How many of our politicians and our leaders and our fathers or mothers or our businesses say that about themselves? I control all internet. 
I control this. I deserve to be a trillionaire. I was a president, a prime minister, cabinet member. Don't you think that your thoughts and your motives for everything you do is not being written down, recorded, videotaped, and put in books for evidence? Because you're going to stand before this guy and he's going to deal with you. He might deal with you before you meet him. Number three. Ezekiel, you tell this guy, I've heard your thoughts. And here's another one of your thoughts I've heard. That I sit in the midst, the very center of the seas of all life. The entire congregation of creation. I sit in the center of all created things. In all realms. The seen and unseen. The spirit and the natural. All trees, water, planets, lightning, thunder, gravity. Every atom and neutron. They will worship me. Every heart, every desire will worship me. Every emotion, everything. Every government and politics will worship me. I am the center of everybody's eyes. Look at me. I'm high up on the throne. Praise me. Praise and worship me. For I am God. All will serve me, you say. You will fear me and you will obey me. I can push a button and a nuclear bomb will go off. I'm privileged to special information. I can make people live or die. I can move money here or money there. And nobody can stop me. I've got the government systems working for me. The Department of Justice, the lawyers, the judges, the international law. World Health Organization. They're my puppets. I can go into any nation. Give you money. All you have to do is serve me. You become my servant. Because you have needs for money and infrastructure. And you will let me come in. And I will get my money from stealing it from other countries. From slave labor. I will be the master. And the whole world will be my footstool. That's the heart of this robber. This thief. That this Isaiah 61 verse 8. That God is saying, I hate this robbery. This concept of going on. I hate this. And I had to bring justice because they work in injustice. But I, the Lord, say unto you who's thinking that, you are just a man. You are a created being, Satan. And even humanity itself. You're not a God. You're not me. 
I can transform you, man, by a new birth to have my mind. And you can be my offspring, but you, Lucifer, you were never created to be my child. A son of a king, you were created to always be just a servant, not a god, as you think or hope and want to be. We see so many people with this same heart running our nations, our businesses, our families. This Satan, this adversary of God, has gotten his thoughts and ideas and concepts and has programmed humanity. Many times I have to pray when there's storms coming. Because even nature is at its mercy. It's moaning and groaning under its subjugation to this Satan. And they have to obey. And I have to tell it, no, you don't have to. He's not the rightful ruler down here. I am. I have reclaimed my kingship in my new birth, Pastor Deborah. I have claimed and been given the inheritance to rule and reign on earth and I speak to the winds and the waves and the lightning, to sicknesses and diseases. That's what the kingship was over. But that was stolen from us until you can regain it through a new birth and then years of learning and growing and transformation. Verse 2, though you set your heart, Satan, your spirit and soul, as the heart and the mind, as the heart of God himself, you want to think like God. How many of our politicians, when they get elected, think they're God? I don't have to live the way you do. I live above you. You have to vote for me. Worship me, support me, say nothing bad about me. Because I have the power as a politician or a business owner to make you or break you. We see that all the time. Fathers do that to their wives and their children. Our religious leaders, they do that to the members. They threaten them. I hold the power and glory. Did you know long time ago the Catholic Church forbid people to read the Bible in their own language? It was only in Latin. Forbid anybody to even say the Lord's Prayer in English. Why? They wanted to control people's access to God and to heaven. So you can be this evil, wicked thing. Thinking you're a God and controlling access to eternity. By being in leadership with a perverted heart. Ezekiel verse 3. Behold, Lucifer, who's become Satan. You are wiser than Daniel, that's for sure. There's no secret that can be hid from you, 
This Satan guy, he can see things, watches you, listens to every word come out of your mouth, watches what you shop, what you buy, what you say in intimate times of sex, what you eat, everything. Everything is recorded. He has watchers watching you, recording everything you say. Verse 4. With your wisdom, O Satan, and with your understanding, you have gotten riches and have gotten gold and silver into your treasures. Now, Satan doesn't need gold and money, but he needs power and authority, and he desires obedience through fear. But he takes the gold and the silver to buy you. To go after your lust and desires for money, riches and glory. All you got to do is, as Christ Jesus was asked to do in the wilderness during his testing, is bow down and worship. And we'll give you, I'll give you all the kingdoms. There's a country right now, a dragon going around the world saying I'll give you whatever your heart's desires I'll build this dam for you I'll build this canal for you I'll give you I'll sell you submarines I'll do this I'll do that I'll help you with your water and electrical I'll give you loans but if you can't pay me back then I get the right to own it and control your water in your country and and when I Whatever I do, you're to support me, and worship me, and say nothing. Because you can't pay me back. You're in debt to me. But I'll give it to you. Oh, I'll give you the presidency, the prime minister. I'll make sure the votes go your way. Just pass these laws that support me. And you'll become a millionaire, a billionaire. Oh, just do your time, and when you retire, I'll get you on Netflix, and I'll get you to become a billionaire. Just give lots of money to a nation. Turn your eyes away from what's really going on. Spy on your own nation and your others, and I'll make you rich. We're all faced with it. The ones who get faced with it the most are your, those that have power and authority and have money and are in leadership. That's where this Lucifer started in leadership. And it went downhill because his heart was changed. Verse 5. By your great wisdom and by your trafficking, you're selling. You're stealing. Have you increased your riches? Satan kept stealing from God. Stole his children, their inheritance, his glory, his fame, his riches. All that God wanted on earth, he stole it. God wanted to be his government, the kingdom of heaven, to rule here. Not going to happen. I'm going to rule. God wanted his children in his image and likeness to rule. He said, uh-uh. I'm going to steal them, kidnap them, change them, conform them, and I am going to make them produce 
more of me adversaries of God and righteousness and law and order and justice I'm going to steal all of that I'm going to rob you of everything you desired all your goodness I'm going to rob you of your love that you want from these people and I'm even going to rob you of being the God of this earth I'll have polygods. I'll have man as God that loves the body. I'll make everything. A tree a God. I'll make a monkey a God. A cow a God. I'll steal your right to be worshipped. And I will make everything a God. That's who this thief was. He was going to steal everything he could from this God who created him. And God is saying, you trafficked in your merchandise, the gifts that I gave you, the wisdom, the glory, the beauty. You sold them, you merchandised them to other people. You offered them as gifts. But there was always a catch. Strings were always attached. And you lifted up your heart. You raised it up in pride arrogancy and haughtiness and your heart was only concerned about you and your desires your lust and wants because of your beauty this guy he really got transformed let's go to Psalm 62:10. it'll help us some more you Lucifer, who's become Satan, and all those who serve you and your ways have trusted in oppression of spiritual hearts, of souls, and physical bodies through lies, through deception, through threats, through fear of death through addiction and bondage, through ideas and concepts, bewitchment and spells, through beliefs and thoughts, through your deceptions, and you have become vain, and they've become unfruitful, empty, due to your robbery, You stole them out of them. You lied to them. You put spells of bewitchment on them and concealment. You told them what the truth was. You hooked them up to a matrix like Neo. And you fed them your truth, your heart. They became empty vessels due to your robbery. And if your riches increase, you trust in your riches. And your heart trusts in them. We have people, they don't trust in God, they trust in their wealth, their position, their power as a leader 
their position in the church, their position as a father or a mother, their position as a supervisor or a manager. And they don't do very well by others. Job 31.25 says, I hear your songs, your thoughts, and they say, I rejoice because my wealth was great and because my hand had gotten so much. I did it. I made the right vote in Congress. I chose the right side. I made decisions that benefited me. I got my family to be wealthy. I got in bed with our enemies. I talked good about them. They made me wealthy. And I trust in them and my riches. Now let's go to Luke twelve fifteen. These are written in red words. Because when they're red words, Christ Jesus is speaking himself. Verse 15. And Christ said unto one of the innumerable multitude of people. Usually when I speak, or Jesus, there should be millions of people. But sometimes we talk to just one. Just one in one dream. Sometimes it's a group dream. Sometimes we're off in other places, but just listen. There were so many of them that they were stopped. They stepped on one another, very crowded. Then one of the multitudes in this company of people said unto him, Master, which means teacher, rabbi, speak to my brother. I got a problem with him. Tell him to divide the inheritance with me. And Christ said to him, Sir, who made me a judge or a divider over you and your brother? Good question. Verse 15. Take heed, sir, and beware a covetousness greed a lust for a man's life consists not in the abundance of the things which he possesses wealth, wisdom or riches so he's telling him hey I'm not here to tell your brother to share the inheritance with you. I am not here. I'm trying to teach you something. About you and your brother. About earthly inheritances. And about how this lust and this greed. If you got cut out and he won't share. What is Christ saying? Accept it. Love your brother. 
protect him, guard your brother and his inheritance. Don't go lusting and greed after something you think should be yours and that your brother should share with you. Saying, I'm not here to tell you to do that. I'm telling you how to live in love with your brother under these circumstances. 1 Timothy 6 7. For we brought nothing into this world, no wealth, and it is certain we can't carry anything out. any riches or artwork or wealth when you die when the spirit comes into the baby in the womb the baby in the womb if it's allowed to live and not aborted the spirit brings nothing of the earth with it it brings much from the spirit realm but when the spirit dies and leaves the earthly body it takes nothing of the earth. No gold. You can't take my wedding ring, my necklace, my hair. It's not going. It all stays here. So he's saying don't put your heart and lust after earthly things. Because they aren't going to do you any good in eternity. Job one twenty one. Job says, Naked I came out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave me life to me, and the Lord has taken away life. But blessed be the name of the Lord. So we're hearing again the Spirit comes and it goes. And don't lust down here for the stuff. Be content. Proverbs twenty seven twenty four. For riches are not forever. And does the crown endure to every generation? Not every son of a king. We'll make it. The crown as we've seen through ancient history. Isn't always passed on to the family. Can be stolen, taken. So man has to look at earthly things. And spiritual things. And this Christ Jesus came down to tell us. Put your mind on spiritual things. These are wise words for our heart and soul to hear. But this Lucifer who was transformed into Satan, our adversary, I guess he wasn't listening. He didn't know. But I think he knew. He was given all this wisdom when he was created. He had all this knowledge of what was right and who owned what and where his place was. But the beauty that came through him to him that he was to express his job his position his heart started looking at himself 
Now let's get back to Ezekiel 28, 1 through 19. We're at verse 6. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you, O Lucifer, who've now become Satan, have set, placed, created a powerful pillar, graven image, a statue, an idea, a principle in your own heart and mind, deep in the center of your thoughts, that you are as my heart, as the heart of God. You want to believe that you think like I do. That what you want is what I want. We see that in a lot of politicians. They will say that they believe in Christ. They pray. And yet they will support abortion. God would never support abortion. It's killing of a life. A purpose. But yet they say they speak for God and that woman's right. A lot of people do things in the name of God, believing that's what he wants. And he's saying, "Uh uh-uh. You have deceived your own self. You think, and you're trying to replace in your heart, and you're trying to get your heart to become like mine, but your heart's perverse. It's evil and wicked and filled with murder and hate. You don't love me. And what you don't think like I do because you're not me you are a created being Lucifer son of the morning you seek what only I deserve what you want and what you are worthy of but you want to claim that you're me and you think like me and you have people You send yourself and you talk to people in dreams and visions and you think. But if we stand word for word, you put your words up against my words. Oh, you will sit there and even cast out things trying to prove that you are me. But the thing you don't have, Satan, is you don't have the heart of love. Now you will be merciful. I sing that on New Year's Eve to your people. Instead of killing them, you'll let them live. You'll try to have mercy, forgiveness. But yours always has strings. You can't create anything except through torture and abuse. Through theft and robbery. Through deception and bewitchment. You transform that which was good into evil. Then you put everybody in bondage, spirit, soul, and body. And you won't let the light and the truth come in. And if people start reaching for me and wanting to know the truth, you attack them. You come after them. Even if they're on Twitter, they're on Facebook, they're speaking truth, you will shut them down. You do not want people to know what you're doing. You don't want them speaking about it. 
So you think your heart is like mine, Lucifer, he's saying. But you're trying. But I got you. Verse 7. Behold, therefore, Lucifer, I will bring strangers, my hidden ones, to you. My hidden concepts, my plans and plots upon you. My hidden powers of authority and greatness. Who are the terrible And they will bring fear and torment to you. Because you are tormenting the people. And they, these strangers, my hidden works of victory, of love, joy, and peace, and mercy, agape love, forgiveness, justice, for your injustice. My hidden eternal plans, unknown to you, even from the day you were created. I got plans, I made, I could see the future. You didn't know about the cross. You didn't know about my lamb I was going to send. You didn't know about the power of mercy. I will show you. I will bring these strangers upon you. These hidden strangers. And they. These hidden strangers to you. They shall draw their swords. Their weapons. And they will attack and defend. Their weapons. And they will battle you. Their weapons of great power and strength. At my word. Against your corrupt and perverse beauty of your darkness, of your ignorance, of your perversion of wisdom. And they, my swords of my armies, of my kingdom, shall defile and destroy and end and expose in the light you and everything you are. And will bring ruin to your defiled wisdom. And to your defiled and perverted beauty. And concepts and desires and lust. I will battle you word for word. Concept for concept. I will show my mercy against yours. I will show freedom against your slavery. I will move in powers and ways you've never known. Because I didn't tell you everything. You think I was going to give you all my stuff when you were created? I held back. You didn't know. But I'll bring them out now. They will be strangers to you. You will not even know what they are when they hit you. They will be mighty ones. Carrying my spirit of vengeance and hate against you. The robbers and the thieves. Who have stolen my praise and worship. My burnt offerings from me. And my inheritance and children. I will show you the hidden strangers of my heart. And my power and authority. That you know nothing about. Your brightness. Your light. Your truth. 
your bewitchments and your spells will be destroyed. They will come forth and everybody will see you. Verse 8. They, my mighty swords of victory, my hidden strangers, shall bring you, O Satan, you down to the pit. A place of defeat. And you shall die. Be spiritually defeated. Separated. Cut off. Shall come to your end. Ruin. In the death of them. That are slain. In the midst of the congregations. In the deep center. I will destroy you. In their seas of their congregation. I will destroy you. In the center of their spirit. You know nothing of what I can do Satan. My hidden strangers and my powers. I will destroy you. In your deep thoughts and concepts. In their hearts. I will bring life. Out of death. Which you cannot do. I will do battle and you will lose for my hidden strangers carry powerful swords <clears throat> and you will be swallowed up your ideas and thoughts and concepts your riches and wealth and your trauma your enslavement will be swallowed up and covered in the depths of forgetfulness you will be forgotten. All of you. As you stole and robbed freedom. From humanity. The earth. All of creation. And I will bring. Justice. And judgment against you. And I. The Lord says unto you. Satan. The great robber and thief who stole my burnt offerings, my praise and my worship and my glory. I come against you. I'm talking to you, buddy. That's sort of how Pastor Deborah hears God sometimes. Verse 9. Will you, O Lucifer, you yet say to me, <laughs> My swords who slay you. I'm God. You can't touch me. A politician. Thinks they're getting away from all the justice. And the judgment. Of breaking the law. Stealing money. Spying on people. Enslaving nations. To trade agreements. Making all sorts of deals. Just to be reelected. Business owners robbing people, people thieving, stealing from nonprofit organizations. Oh, you think you, because you get married to a 12 year old and you have anal sex that's approved by the Iman, you don't think that this God ain't going to come to you and deal with you? You think that Iman speaks for God of the creation? 
Do you think God would allow you and thinks highly of you having anal sex with a 12 year old? What about you that are afraid of dying and getting AIDS and you will go and take a three year old child and abuse it so you won't get AIDS? That's Satan at work, the adversary of God. And he is saying, I'm coming for those thoughts. I'm coming for those hearts. I'm coming after that stuff that causes humanity to do this to others and to animals and to nature. And you will be shown that you are no God, but just a created being. And you will be in the ha- my hand of my strangers. And they will bring the sword of death against your concepts, your ideas, your schools, your lust and your greed. My strangers with their drawn swords are coming, Satan, against you. Verse 10. You, O Lucifer, who's become Satan, my adversary shall die the death of the uncircumcised those not freed from the coverings of your heart of lust and flesh of vain glory the darkness sin and death by the hand of my arm of strangers you will not have you will die with this stuff You will not be free of it. These strangers, my hidden mysteries, you know nothing about. My plans and decrees and judgments, you know not of, for they were decreed, done in my heart. Before I even created one thing. And if you will go, I'll put up there, watch story time. You will hear about him and learn about him before he even created creation. Because he was just one all by himself, sort of. So he's telling this Lucifer guy, "Uh, I don't think so. You can go down there and mess around for a while, but your day is coming. Your end is for sure. I got my swords and my strangers and they coming. My mysteries and judgments against you. You know not of them, for they were decreed, done, and fulfilled before you were ever created, written down in the books of the law in the kingdom. They were created before the foundation of the world, before even creation came into existence. Strangers to you they are. If you had known about them, you wouldn't have done what you did to my son on the cross but you didn't know I hid it from you back to Ezekiel 31 18 to who are you O Lucifer who's become Satan who has now become Satan my adversary my enemy thus liking glory and in greatness 
as among the trees of my planting, you think? My righteous ones of Eden, my pleasure and delight, is that who you are now? Satan, you like my trees? Yet shall you, O Satan, be brought down with the trees out of Eden unto the nether, the deep parts of the earth. You, O Satan, shall lie in the midst of the uncircumcised. Those that are dead, you shall die with them. But I got some things you don't know about, he says. My children will not stay undead. Because I can bring life from death. You can't. All you can do is use my gifts I gave them. Pervert them and use them. But none of it was yours. Because you are a robber and a thief. Those that are still veiled in darkness and ignorance. Such as you will be. Trapped in slavery to darkness and greed and lust. Lust of your heart. Ignorance. And still captive. You will have no deliverance. Or eternal freedom. Satan. For you O Satan. Will be. A part. Of the mist. Of all the uncircumcised. Your demons with you. That be, will be slain by my sword. The words of my light and truth. This is Pharaoh and his multitudes of gods, the demons I attacked in Egypt to set my people free, says the Lord God. Ezekiel 28, 1 through 19, verse 11. Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, Ezekiel, saying to me, verse 12. Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto Satan, who is sitting in him spiritually, as a king and God on earth, and say unto him, unto Satan, Thus says the Lord God, You, O Satan, had been created and sealed up with the sum, the entire, almost the entire, realm of knowledge, of law and judgment, praise and worship, wisdom, beauty, full of wisdom, unperverted and not defiled. At your beginning, which I gave you, which I filled you with, and you were perfect, you were mature. You are full of beauty and grace. In the fullness of your beauty and glory that I gave you. To shine out me. You are radiant. You are fire and glittery. You glittered and sang with my songs, my voice, my rays of radiance. Verse 13. O Lucifer, son of the morning, who became Satan. Who is now my adversary, my enemy, my challenger, my foe. Have been in Eden, 
You've been in my garden of delight and pleasure. My garden of me, of God. Every precious stone was your covering, your body, your makeup, your structure, for my rays of light and sound, for my voice and my truth and my wisdom and my knowledge to flow out of and through, out into the realm of the kingdom of heaven. I put my fire into you to shine out in the glorious radiance to all. The sardinas and the topaz and the jasper, they covered you. They were your body. The sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold. The workmanship, the design, the pattern and the architect, your blueprints of your tabarets, your components to speak through you that will sing praise and worship to me that I will use to speak out, shine out, decree and shine my glorious, radiant words, my voice, my light of spirit and life to all the kingdom of heaven and of your pipes your organs, your mechanisms, your abilities to produce my voice, my sun, my light. I prepared in you in the day, in the time, in the age, in the beginning, the moment you were created by me, your God. Verse 14. You are, O Lucifer, the anointed cherub, the powerful fiery angel that covers the glory of me. You, even as my adversary Satan, still are used to cover my glory, to hide me, to cast a dark foreskin over the light of me. My light to protect those who I cannot look upon or that my glorious light of righteousness would kill them. As you were created to do, you still do now. And I have set you so. I, even though you perverted your wisdom and heart and your purposes, for your creation has not changed your purposes stand even now you think you could get away from what I prepared you to do created you to do even in your perverseness defilement I am showing that your purposes continue and humanity will learn that about themselves as well through you once they look upon you and see why you were created you were upon the holy mountain in heaven's high place of me your God this is where Satan was placed and this was the places of his worship and praise
that he was to give and to do. Inside his deepness of his heart, he was to praise and worship God in this high place within himself. You knew the laws. You were fully mature. I set you. You could come into my great temples. Like the ones you created for yourself. The Greek Parthenons. The big cities and temples and churches. Can't get it out of your system, can you? Wanting to be the sinner in those high places. Worshipped and praised. The mountains to go and worship. The high steep ceilings and the buildings. They reflect this. All those people that go out in the woods and worship the trees and the high mountains. Like the Samaritans. Those who worship rocks. You'll get your worship from anything. Through anything you can. But you have to hide. You have to deceive humanity. So when they worship a rock or an animal. Those demons that are working for you. Take that praise and give it to you. But it's not to you directly. If they knew you directly. And how evil wicked your heart was. And they couldn't even look upon you. For your beauty had become ashes and defilement. Crooked and perverse. So you have to get your praise and worship secretively through rocks and trees, through religion. You feel sorry for you, buddy. Can't even be your real self and get what you want. So perverted. So you built down here the towers and the temples, the high castles, the high ceilings of beauty. The stained glass. Trying. To get. What did not belong to you. But. This was all natural. Earthly. An attempt of Satan. And man. To have a holy mountain. Abraham's place of sacrifice. Of Isaac. The building of the holy city. Of Jerusalem. To be the daughters of Zion. Castles and fortresses and temples. All second nature. Trying. In darkness and ignorance. You have walked. You have been permitted. To praise and worship. Up and down in the midst. The center of the stones of fire. The coals of praise and worship. The paths of righteousness. Of light and of justice and holiness. Verse 15. You, O Lucifer, who has now become a fallen one, fallen into the ground to the lust of your hearts, to the perversion of your wisdom, your known truth, I placed in you from your day of creation, the day of beginnings. Verse 15. You, Lucifer, were perfect. You are righteous, not perverted, 
in your thoughts or in your desires of your heart. You are all light and fire and radiance. There is no deception or lies or spells of concealment laid on your heart from the pride of your heart. No, no, you were perfect. That wasn't there when you first began. The transformation began slowly as if you were in a cocoon of my light and deep within my light your heart began to be transformed from the ways of the of the very day and the time I created you you were perfect beautiful and radiant you are you, for you were not self sustaining or un be able to live and be created by something you were created not a self-sustaining God and you were good in the beginning not very long though didn't take you long just a few ages until iniquity and perverse thoughts and twisted desires and perverted concepts were found in you conceived and developed and you became blind to the my eternal truth that I put in you and your heart became twisted and filled with hate and jealousy and envy and murder You wanted to kill me, to steal my position, to take my throne. You wanted my kingdom for yourself. You had become a robber and a thief. And I saw this, I found this, I uncovered this. For it was found, discovered, revealed, seen, and formed in you. The seeds were growing. I'm going to end this tape because it's gotten a little bit long. We'll pick this up in part five. I think that's right. Let me check my notes here. Yes, part five. Because we have to go a long way yet. Learn about this robber and this thief. And how he started off so beautiful. Which also reflects how mankind started off for a while beautiful in the garden. And then he fell. And then he became perverted. So I want to stop here at verse at the end of verse 15. In part 5 we will pick up at verse 16. And we will continue looking at this robber and this thief. So you will know the hate. And what he eventually robbed from you. And all of creation. And why this God in verse 8 says he hates this robbery. And this thief. And he loved his justice and judgment upon him and his demons. 
So we'll stop here so you can ponder all this. I'll put these scripture references, but we'll pick up in verse 16 of Ezekiel 28. And we'll continue on in part 5. Love always and forever. Pastor Deborah, I've got some uh, more work to do. Got to cut some grass, I think, today. Let's pray. Father, take these words of truth and let them be taken in. Shine your light gently. This is hard, heavy stuff for people to understand. That there is an evil, perverted being on planet Earth who believes he's God, claims he's God. And his heart is wicked and evil and perverse. He will even kill others if they will not worship him. Oh, religion has done a horrible work on us, Lord. But you're not religious. And you didn't create religion. So, Father, help these to see the difference, to begin to understand what happened, why you hate robbery, and who the thief was, and what he stole. Why we needed Isaiah 61. And we needed judgment against this injustice. Love always and forever. Amen. Pastor Deborah, see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening and watching this video. It is an honor and a pleasure to have you stopped by today and watch. This is Pastor Deborah, and I hope you come again and watch many, many more videos and learn and grow spiritually and hear how she has helped people spiritually the Lord's way for many, many years. Come again, watch another one, and we welcome you to be a subscriber to the channel, to make comments, and if you wish to contact Pastor Deborah, please email her at her email address for the ministry at Pastor Deborah at agape love is here.org. You can also see these videos on Twitter and on the website in the many different sections that they are put into. Enjoy, and it was once again an honor to have you watch and listen. Thank you, and come again to another video of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministry, a ministry of helping people the Lord's way that Pastor Deborah has been doing for many, many years. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah.